Welcome, friends, to the Timeless Motherhood podcast, where we talk about biblical motherhood that doesn't cave to culture and has stood the test of time. I'm your host, Kaylee Weikbrot, and today we're going to be chatting with Eviana Bynum from Grace for Breakfast. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. For those who are listening who aren't familiar with you and your podcast, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the premise for the show? Yeah, definitely. So I'm Eviana, as you guys know. I'm the host of the Grace for Breakfast podcast. I'm a mentor. I've written a book called The Envision Workshop, and it's a self-study guide on living in purpose and casting out a vision according to the realities of your life. And so I'm really passionate about writing, and I'm really passionate about God and self-examination in order to bring God into the places of our lives in which there's healing that needs to happen and just not living in a place of apathy. So these are topics that I'm really passionate about. I'm also certified in a technique called the Aroma Freedom Technique that is very much focused on bringing attention to the areas of our life in which we're stuck in patterns and these habitual patterns that keep us blocked in our life. And so The podcast is called Grace for Breakfast, and it's about giving yourself grace, learning what it is to live from a place of grace and what God's grace means in every area of our life and also in every season of our life. I believe that life has many different seasons, and there's ways that God is working in every single season. And so I also like to interview guests and hear their stories about how They've overcome something really powerful and where they're at today and what grace means to them in this time of their life or in this area of their life. Because, I mean, I talk about marriage and parenting and what it's like to live a life of faith and overcoming fear. So, yeah. That's incredible. And how did you come up with the concept for the podcast? It sounds like maybe you have some things that you've overcome personally. Yes, I've overcome quite a bit. The concept of the podcast, I think, stemmed from the biggest message that I was trying to embrace really was that I need to give myself grace. So I have been very hard on myself. I've done things and I've lived through things in which caused me in my adult life to be in this place of hypervigilance or fear or stress acting in a reactive state. And a lot of it turned around when I became a mother and I really started looking at how do I want to be a mother to my children? So before I had my kids, I was always, you know, stuck in this pattern of stress and anxiety and fear. And it was because I grew up in an environment that was very fearful. I'm Puerto Rican or what they call New Yorican. So I was born in New York and I lived there till I was about seven or eight years old. But during that time, I lived in an area of Manhattan that was not the safest. I lived in a home where there was domestic violence going on. My father was an alcoholic, had a lot of drug problems, and it was an environment where, you know, we were getting robbed. There was like the Dominican mafia in the area. So anybody know about Washington Heights? They immediately asked me, oh, are you Dominican? I'm like, no, I'm Puerto Rican. (laughs) But it was very heavily controlled by Dominican gangs and a lot of that. And it was just a very fearful time. And then I ended up moving to Connecticut with my mom. But my parents' relationship was very volatile, makeup and breakup, a lot of codependency going on. And my mom's a teacher and she had a really good career that she had to keep. And so there was always a dynamic of 
like things were going on at home, but I had to go out into the world and put on this happy face and act like everything was fine when maybe the night before I was hiding in my room or hiding somewhere because there was something very bad going on in the environment. And so there was a lot of that going on. And then when I went into, I would say like my tween early high school years, I went into rebellion. So even though I grew up in Christianity and I went to church and all of that, I reached a point in my life where I was like, if there's a God, then why does my life stink? Like, why is this all this stuff happening? Where's God in my life right now? Like, why hasn't he showed up? And why is my life so unsafe? And so I did enter a, a stage where I caught like kind of this lost time of my life in which I rebelled. I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to have anything to do with God. And I went on into getting involved in the wrong crowd and getting into relationships, very serious relationships that I didn't need to be having at such a young age. But I was I was seeking family. I was seeking love. I was seeking security in the wrong places, obviously. And I ended up getting into a couple of pretty abusive relationships. So I was kind of repeating the pattern, right? Yeah. And just to really like summarize my story, well, when I was in my second year of college, a very good friend that I had, she ended up getting into a really bad car accident. She pretty much flatlined. She arrived at the hospital dead. And I got to the hospital and I had a moment with God and I was like, God, if you're real, bring my friend back right now, please. Like bring her back. I will give my life back to you. Mind you, at this point, I was in academic probation in college, it was like my the summer after my sophomore year of college, I was in a very abusive relationship. This guy was physically abusive, emotionally abusive, all the things. He was stalk me. It was it was pretty bad. And pretty immediately after that prayer, the doctor comes out and he says, "She's good. She's gonna be all right." Like we get all these great updates, and I was like, "Wow, okay." All right. I think it's time to turn my life around. Yeah. (laughs) Got to hold up my end of the bargain. (laughs) Yes. But it wasn't it wasn't immediate. Like it wasn't like whoosh. I'm a new person. I was still a hot mess. Right. I was still hanging out with some knuckleheads. I was still living at home. I was still living a double life. Right. I started going back to church. I moved on campus. I changed my number. I got a restraining order. I did all the things and I just started this journey. Right. But I was still very broken. I I still had the codependency issues. I still had a lot of unresolved sadness, trauma, depression, all of these things. And so I'm trying to like really fast forward, but it fast forwards into I ended up getting married to my still husband, my amazing husband, which is like a testimony in itself. But our marriage didn't start off pretty, right? It was two broken people put together, slapped together. And we were both trying to love each other, but we didn't know how to love. So this whole journey throughout the time, there was a lot of times that I fell on my face, right? So I'm trying to seek God. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to be a good mom, but I keep messing up. I'm still fleshy. I'm still human. And I'm also trying to put on a front because I was bred to put on a front, right? I was bred to even though everything was messy at home, I still have to show up and not make my mom look bad, not put my mom in a situation where I get taken away from my home. Like these were things that were drilled in me, but it also carried on into adulthood. So I was always putting on a face, right? Acting like everything was fine. Yeah. And I was still like a hot mess inside. I was falling apart. And um, 
I really started to learn about God's grace and like what that meant. And it, it became something very important to me. And I always wanted to share this message. I wanted to inspire women that if I got out of this, if I'm not the statistic that I should have been, then obviously it's possible for you too, right? I should have been this teen mom, perhaps. I should have been an alcoholic. I should have been a drug addict. I should have yeah. been divorced by now, right? But I'm going on 13 years of marriage. I've been with my husband for 15 years now. And Praise our marriage God. gets better and better. Yeah. And all by the grace of God, all by the grace of God, am I still messing up? Are there still layers of stuff that keeps coming up? Yes. But God is so good. And his grace, mm -hmm. I just learned that his grace, it comes from a Greek word, but it basically in layman's terms, like God's grace comes in through you and pushes out from you. And it's something that it comes through us, right? And it comes out of us so that we can extend it to others. Isn't that so cool? I love that so much. Yeah, it's it's not just for us to keep hold of, but it's a gift that we get to share. And I feel like that is the, that's the big transition. I have a similarly messy story and just that transition from, okay, I was accepting God's grace and now I need to live in such a way that I'm actually able to give that to other people too. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so, so then you start Grace for Breakfast and things are going fine and then COVID happens. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So, so let's go back to when my husband and I got married. We pretty much lived like in the hood. It wasn't like the hood hood. So anybody who's listening, when I say that, it's like bad neighborhood. We're hearing fights, sometimes some gunshots, just situations where there's a lot of anger. There's an environment where you do not want to start a family and raise babies, right? So we were still living in Connecticut and we decided, let's move. So my husband's mom's side of the family lives in Colorado. We end up moving to Colorado. We lived there for about seven years and we had our babies. We became parents, all the things. We had the American dream. And we just, as far as like the culture and the way that things were going, we just weren't feeling like this is where God wanted us. We really felt like God was calling us to go to Puerto Rico. And all my family's from Puerto Rico. We end up selling the house, selling everything, and moving off to Puerto Rico and lived there for five years. And while we were there, and these were things that God's really revealing to me right now, because living in Puerto Rico, it was beautiful, beach, sunshine, tropical, all these lovely, wonderful things. But we were just struggling. Like, it feels like we were in the, like, in a different desert. Like Colorado was one desert and then Puerto Rico is like a new desert, even though it's tropical. And we had all of these hopes and dreams about how things should be. But just doors kept shutting, like it just kept shutting. And I believe that that was a time in which God was working on our strength, like he was working on our identity in a new way. And so a lot of our identity, I feel like when we lived in Colorado was broken down. And then in Puerto Rico, it was almost broken down further. And God was like, so what do you want? What do you want? Are you going to stand for? Or are you just going to keep on pleasing everybody else? Are you going to continue to not trust in me? And then coming here, it was like, we're like, yep, this is, this is us. This is what we're doing. This is where it's at. Like this resolute posture. 
And so when I started Grace for Breakfast, I was in this place of like, I really want to get this message out. I've always been writing. I've always been doing poetry, writing, creating. And I just knew that something that like almost a gifting in me that I'm even asking God to just further it out and you like walk with me more was to to speak, to speak my story, to testify, right? And I launched the podcast and then within like a short period of time, COVID hit and my business struggled drastically. I had an assistant. I had to completely let her go. I couldn't, I just couldn't do anything anymore. And I almost like shut down. Like I just felt like I can't create anymore. Like I just can't create right now. And I went into this place of just nourishing my family and focusing on my family. And hmm, this is the first time that I've really thought about it because I, I haven't I haven't even been asked about it in this way. <laughs> but I did go into this time of what am I doing? What am I doing? What's going on? And I felt like everything that I was talking about, thank you, God. God is so good. Everything that I was talking about was just falling flat. It was just blah. I was teaching the personal development. I was talking about all these empowering things, but it was just falling flat. Mm -hmm. You want to know why? You know when you you have this knowing inside of you or or you just know that God is telling you something, but you just don't want to listen because you're not, you're like, that's not me. So I always said, that's not me. Like I want to talk to people about God, but I don't want to be offensive and I don't want to push God on anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. I'm welcoming. I'm cool with everyone. And so when it came to the podcast especially, yeah, of course people knew I was a believer. People knew like I would infuse these little things like very just fluffy, you know, like, but that's why I was falling flat because I wasn't sharing the true source of my healing. Mm, and yeah. the true source of my healing was always God. It was always God. I just did an interview with someone who went through some really hard times. He lost a son. Mm -hmm. And I had to ask him straight up. I was like, why haven't you given up on God with all that you've been through? And he said to me, because I don't want to go back to who I was without God. Mm, amen. And it made me think about, yeah. That's yeah. why I would never give up on God. I don't want to go back to who I was without him. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I know who I was when I was my own God. And it was a hot mess. I mean, <laughs> it's not a life I would wish on anybody. It's rough out there. It's rough out there. Yeah. And it's lonely. It's lonely. And my Bible study, we're doing a study in Deuteronomy right now. And, and in, in chapter four, it says, who has a God so near to them as Israel? Who has a God that when they call out to him, he actually answers? Think about all of these other gods that people serve, you know, money, the superficial things, but then even gemstones and, you know, the new age spiritualism. And it's like, they don't answer, you know, you can call out to those gods day and night and they never answer. They never respond. It's just like, what, a, what an amazing God we serve that we can have a personal and intimate relationship with him and that through all of those many blessings, healing can come from that and he can redeem even the most broken relationships and, and people. Yeah. yeah. And even to add a new layer to it is why worship the creation, you know, the universe, 
when we can worship the source, like I want right. this, give me the source. Yeah. Give me, give me directly to him. Why do I need some type of cards or some type of this or that or in order to, to lead to God? I don't need that. Just, just go to him. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, there's great tools. There's great tools. We want to learn things, but we don't want to worship them. Right. And I think, too, using the tools without the source that gives them power. Yeah, it's it's so important to bring God into healing. And so when you had this realization with the podcast that, you know, the content was falling flat, that you were forgetting to credit where credit was due. What was that about face like for you? So I'd been wanting to bring back the podcast. I would I would slowly like release some things and, and slowly just pull out little episodes here and there, whatever. And I was just like, eh, you know, I just, I, I just, well, I knew it was falling flat still. And several months ago, I went into this study. I was literally in a fast and I was studying and I started reading the book of Hebrew. And in the book of Hebrew and Guys, I will always be clear that I'm not a Bible scholar. I would love to be a Bible scholar, and I'm sure that that is in my future. But for now, I know that it was in the book of Hebrew, and it was talking about how because of the reverence of Jesus, because of his reverence for God, that is when, and I almost want to look for the scripture, but that was when like he was brought into this level of high priest. And when I read it, you know, when you read something and just like one word sticks out to you, Mm -hmm. well, the word reverence stood out to me. And so I highlighted it and I look it up and I'm like, what does it really mean to be reverent? And it is just to have this awe, this respect. And I had to ask myself, have I had a reverence for God? Mm. And, and even, okay. During the time that I was in Colorado, there I was introduced to a lot of that occult stuff, like the crystals, angel cards, which sounds, that even sounds kind of like, oh, well, it's angel cards. and Right. Like, oh, on a Venn diagram, like maybe Christianity and New Age meet somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And even just now, I'm reading, I think it's Galatians is what I'm reading now. And it literally addressed, do not worship angels. It says it in the Bible. Any answer that you want, if you're even iffy about something, go to the word. The word Mm -hmm. will tell you. Even what I'm saying, go to the word. Look it up on your own. Get your own understanding. And I started really looking at those things that even though I had gotten to a point now that I was like, I'm done with all that stuff. I don't want to have anything to do with that. I even went into like spiritual warfare, just cutting off the roots of these things, pleading the blood of Jesus on any attachment that was formed from these things, I still went back and I asked myself, do I have a reverence for God? And the answer was no. And I just Mm. broke down. I was like, Father, I just repented. And I was like, wow, I'm not having a reverence for God. As I studied, it went on into talking about obedience and it talked about faith and what it really means, like what it is when you're acting in faith, when you're having faith, what obedience really means, I wasn't doing any of it. And really what God had been telling me, the reason why I was so uncomfortable about the podcast was because I was supposed to be coupling this with God. And even with my relationships and every part of my life, I was just kind of being in the gray, right? So I don't want to say anything or, or offend anyone. And I ended up doing an episode 
and it was episode 50 of my podcast where I talked about closet Christianity and how I was guilty of being a closet Christian. And I, I went into that topic. I've never had more response to a podcast episode than episode 50 when I wow. talked about that. What kinds of responses were you getting from people? Guilty, like guilty as charged. God's been speaking to me about speaking out more about uh, bringing him into everything, wanting to talk about God to certain people at work. They've been wanting to talk about God more in their platform. And it was even coming out. And so I do, I told you I do interviews on my podcast. Well, the interviews tended to be kind of secular, just surfacey, whatever. And I started being straight up with people of saying, like, hey, I want to have people on my podcast. I want to talk about God. So if whatever you're teaching is, I mean, I haven't, I never said it in this way, but in my mind, it was like, if things are leading people to the occult, to new age, to crystals, to what's the other one? I feel like even just self-reliance. Yeah. Like you can find it all within you. Yeah. All you need is you to save yourself. Yeah, there and there's another one, but anything yeah. that leads people away mm-hmm. from God and just leads them into these other religions, I just was done. Like I just became very clear about my message and the people that I was bringing on that were believers, you know, we it was known, they were like, "You know what? I feel like God's been telling me that I need to start bringing God to the forefront of my message. And so it's just created this ripple effect. And not just that, is now I'm meeting other people, like I met you, who are wanting to share the message specifically in that way, like not getting caught in the culture, not getting caught in just hiding. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it takes the power out of the message if the source isn't present. And the focus with Timeless Motherhood was always just trying to bring timeless biblical wisdom to mothers and women for encouragement because the fads and the trends and other religions and self-improvement techniques like you wait 20 years it'll be completely different but I've been talking to women who are are talking about biblical truths that haven't changed and still apply and are still encouraging and uplifting and something that a woman today can follow and find the same kind of blessing and connection to the Lord. And it's just, it's powerful. It's where the power is. Yeah. 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 And that's where that concept of reverence that has really, that I believe is what really turned things around for me and really deepened my relationship with God. I ask myself often, and it's almost like a gut check for me, like, am I being reverent to God? Am I being reverent to God? So listener, if you're here and you hear what I'm saying, ask yourself that question because when you do, it really causes you to make better decisions. It's the ultimate accountability. And I'm not saying this from a place of judgment because when Jesus came, when Jesus died for us, right, Jesus abolished the law. But it also says that if we choose to live by the law, so if we go into judgment or legalism and all of those things, then we are bound by the law yet again. But as long as we seek God and we seek relationship with Jesus and we just hold him in this place of reverence and we fall in love with him, God starts to really change our heart. He really starts to soften our heart and shape our heart. And through that relationship, 
it just, it, it makes us like want to be better, do better. And not just that, it strengthens us and empowers us through his grace. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting in Deuteronomy learning more about the law and how God really designed it and created it originally to set up rules and statutes for his people to follow that would lead them into an abundant life. Like if you really think about just the Ten Commandments, you know, just the simple Ten Commandments, if we follow that first commandment of thou shalt have no other God before me, that that's reverence. That's saying God above all, above my boss's opinion of me and demands on my time, above what my husband or my friends think about me, above all, you are my God. And what you call me to, that's what I want to follow. That's my aim. And I accept your grace as I stumble towards obeying you. But that's the aim. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful. And and just always reminding ourselves that we have access to this incredible God because I believe it was in the book of Hebrews too, which is, I, I mean, I'm telling you that book really transformed a lot for me. But when Jesus died, it said that like the curtains, like the veil broke, was torn. The veil yes. was torn. And the reason why was that, so when God established the law and when, you know, in the Old Testament, people would have to go through priests. Like only the priests could go in and ask for forgiveness and all this cleansing and all of this stuff, as you know that I'm butchering it. But it all <laughs> went through the priest yeah. and that was the way that it worked. There was all these steps. So there was almost this like unworthiness, I imagine, like this feeling of unworthiness or this feeling of like, I have to go through all this to get forgiveness. And mm -hmm. then God loved us so much that he said, you know what? And he sent his son and it was always the plan, but he sent his son in order to remove that. And so we are able to go directly to Jesus. And even though we mess up, we have access directly to Jesus in order to receive that healing and receive that, that ultimate just clean slate, right? And once we have that relationship, and so what I'm exploring now is what does that look like on a practical level? Well, as we get a closer relationship to God and as we continue to be in relationship, it makes us want to do those things and it makes us realize how important those commandments are, right? Yep. God is a jealous God. It's very clear. That's why the first commandment is directly to like not worship any other gods before him. Well, what does that look like on a practical level? Well, sometimes it's money. Sometimes we're so concerned about money. That was something that I was convicted of recently was I was always focused on like, I need to work, work, work. I need to work, work, work. Well, at what point was it getting to the point that I was idolizing money, that I wasn't yeah. trusting God as my source and my provider? And it shows you and God is very practical and we try to make him very mystical, but God has very practical advice, just like the Ten Commandments. They're very practical. Like, yeah. Don't start trouble with your neighbors. Why? <laughs> well, maybe because you'll need them someday. <laughs> right. It's not a good way to build community. No. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, God is good. God is so good. And so when you had this realization and you started bringing 
more of God into these conversations on the podcast, what did that look like in your personal life and even in your home life with your children? Did you feel like there were areas of your motherhood where maybe as a family you're going to church, but like the daily living out faith wasn't there? Oh, yeah. So at home, I can tell you that my children are so on fire for God. It's a beautiful thing. We're having deeper conversations. And I remember, I even remember during the pandemic that, you know, people were really scared. I remember my daughter going back to dance and I brought her in and there was like some little girls, like almost like I'm physically putting myself up against the wall. They didn't want anybody to touch them. They were so filled with fear. And then we'd go home and have these conversations about like, why is everyone so scared? Why is everyone so scared? And why are we like, why are we okay? And I said, well, we have our Jesus bubble. That's why we're in a Jesus bubble. So I can tell you with confidence that during the pandemic, yes, my husband and I would have conversations sometimes at night and be like, you know what? This is crazy. This is nuts. Like the world is, is scary right now. We were looking at the United States almost from the outside because we were in Puerto Rico at the time. We were like, oh, my God, stuff is going down. And oh, you US. were in Puerto Rico when COVID started? Yeah, I was in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Puerto Rico became very like almost like borderline communist country. We couldn't leave our house. Like it was just hardcore. But we're looking at the states and seeing all this, I don't know, war going on. It was just yeah. outrage. And my kids couldn't understand like, why isn't it happening to us? Why aren't we? And that's when I had the opportunity to say, it's because we have Jesus. I would read Psalm 91 over them every single night. That's something that's like a pillar to my life, Psalm 91. And now looking here now with my children, now that this living for Jesus is outward, well, there's a lot of intentionality with it. And there's some harder conversations we've had to have. And I can see my children and they are so on fire for God. They are so inspired. They're like little fishers of men. <laughs> That's incredible. But what's beautiful with them is that they don't have the fear that we've had. I mean, I don't know if you, they don't, they, they're not worried about judgment. They're not, yeah. they're just, it's so clear with kids. Kids can be so, they're just so logical and thinking of right and wrong in, in so many situations. I could tell my kids, don't do that. And then they'll call me out on it and say, mom, you said that we shouldn't be doing that. And as I adults, <laughs> we make things very gray, don't we? Uh -huh. We make things very gray, but not with children. When you say, no, don't do that. That's wrong. That's right. It's That's it. It's either this or that. And <laughs> so yeah. good account accountability buddies. <laughs> now, with my friendships, I've actually had some situations. I've had some opportunities to really be truthful and put some hard lines down about my faith. I've had opportunities to just be bold in what I believe in and what I will not allow into my life. And for example is that I will not allow any witchcraft, any occult, any of that into my life. That is a hard no. That is a, a clear boundary. And so with me speaking out about that, it actually has opened up amazing conversations about Jesus. So wow. even I've had friends accept Jesus like right in the middle of a conversation, something wow. that had never happened in my life. I'm having these conversations about God with almost all of my friends. So mm. I didn't expect that to happen. 
I was actually afraid that I would lose my friends, especially since I have a platform. I speak openly about God. I speak openly about these things. I was afraid that people would listen to my podcast and be like, oh my gosh, Iviana's a Jesus freak now. Like, I don't want to be friends with her. No, they're still my (laughs) friends. They're still all my friends. And then they end up bringing up God. They end up bringing up faith. And it's beautiful because I'm having these opportunities to talk about God. Yeah. Or to answer questions or encourage people about God. And I never had that before. That's incredible. (laughs) And I mean, it's amazing that going into it, feeling so fearful of, you know, losing people, but then God has just used your obedience and blessed that to open doors for people to come to Christ. Like that's so beautiful. And I will say with that, is that even in the Bible, in the New Testament, it talks about going into it with fear and trembling. And I will tell you, my friend, that I trembled. I literally trembled through some conversations and some things that happened. I was shaking. I was leading up into it with my heart thumping. But right before, as I was leading up into it, I prayed and I asked the Holy Spirit to speak through me. And let me tell you that when those conversations, as soon as they started, everything just melted away. And this strength, this boldness came in through me. And so that's what I want to encourage you, listener, is to ask God to give you a spirit of boldness and to give you an uncompromising spirit. Because one of the ways that the enemy wants to steal your purpose and your joy is through double-mindedness. The enemy is here to create confusion. And sometimes that confusion comes through our living in the gray and the gray with what I mean with that is dabbling with a little bit of this, some cards or looking at some astrology. Let's look at some horoscopes. That's all gray. It can look gray. It seems harmless. But God wants our uncompromising spirit. He wants all of our attention. And let me tell you that when we give him all of our attention, he listens and he delivers to bring things full circle. And that's yeah. where God's leading me into now. And I believe that God is reviving a lot of Christians right now. It's almost like a lot of Christians are waking up and saying, oh, I need to act. Like I need to speak. And I just, when we pray, as we close things out, there's very specific things that I want you to join me in and ask God to fill you with because I believe that Jesus is here now as he's always been. But this is a time for us as Christians to be a light and to lead others who are lost. And it comes through us testifying. You don't need to know the Bible word by word. You don't need to be a theologian. Testify. Just testify. What does that mean? Share your testimony. Share what God's doing in your life. Share what he's done. Share where you were to where you're now. Praise God. He gives us each a story to use, and it's going to speak to different people, but that's why we have the body of Christ. This has been so good. I'm so grateful to God and to Anna for connecting the dots and bringing you here to the show, and I would love to ask you to pray us out. Father God, I just come before you, Lord Jesus, and I just ask, Lord God, that every person who's listening, that you help them to get their thoughts out of the way so that they can hear you, Lord God. I pray that you just align their spirits with you, Father God, that you align their thoughts with you, Lord God, that you renew their minds, Lord Jesus, that you fill them with the word, that you fill them, Lord God, with your Holy Spirit, 
and that you raise them that raise up in them a spirit of boldness, Father God. Give them the words, Lord Jesus. Encourage them, Father God. Give them an uncompromising spirit, Lord Jesus. I just plead the blood of Jesus on their minds, on their hearts. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you bring to them people who will encourage them, who will walk alongside them, who will help them to feel renewed. Bring them closer to you, Father God, and renew their spirit, renew their mind, Lord God. I just thank you so much for what you're doing in the body of Christ right now. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for just giving us encouragement every single day and renewing us and strengthening us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.